What can Europe learn from the world's largest society for engineering education? How do its 12,000 members, 400 colleges, 50 corporations and government agencies come together to advance all levels of education in the engineering profession? And what challenges lie ahead? In this episode, we welcome from Washington, D.C., Jacqueline El Sayed, the Chief Executive Officer and Executive Director of the American Society for Engineering Education. Welcome to the European Engineering Educators podcast by CEFI, the European Society for Engineering Education. Our mission is to develop and improve engineering education and strengthen its image in society. I'm Neil Cook. And I'm Natalie Wint. So Neil, I've been to an ASW conference once before in person, and I think once online as well. Mm. Um, mainly, I guess I wanted to go because it's sort of seen as one of the best engineering education research conferences to go to. I sort of wanted yeah. to explore, find out what other people are doing. Um, and it does seem sort of similar to CEFI in some ways, but mm. lots, lots bigger with lots of different groups and themes and parallel sessions. And I think it was quite overwhelming and confusing knowing where to go, which groups did what, um, and that type of thing. Have you got any experiences with ASW? Uh, not as much as you, by the sound of it. Um, so my experiences of ASC are very much sort of screen-based. Um, mm-hmm. But from my previous research field, you know, I experienced something similar to what you did at the larger conferences. Mm. You know, if you're a bit of an outsider, thousands of people, too many posters, you know, <laughs> you definitely get that feeling of being alone in the crowd. But uh, when I first started becoming interested in engineering education literature, you know, you know, I naturally came across ASEE and its Journal of Engineering Education. Mm. Um, I sort of noticed differences in the areas of interest compared to the kind of things that we're doing in Europe, sort of a different rigour and style and, and its sheer scale as well. Mm-hmm. And clearly the context is different. So, you know, we've re- recently spoken on the podcast about this globalisation of engineering education so maybe it's time for me to take another look (laughs) hi jackie thank you so much for joining us today hi hi natalie hi neil so jacqueline elsayed is the first female chief executive officer and executive director of the american society for engineering education or aswe she has leadership experience for the entire pipeline of engineering education and most recently served as the Chief Academic Officer and Vice President for Academic Affairs at Marygrove College. She is Professor Emirata of Mechanical Engineering and served on the faculty at Kettering University for 18 years, eventually earning the position of Associate Provost and Associate Vice President for Academic Affairs. In addition to her work in academia, she has served in industry and government. She began her career as an engineer for General Motors Truck Group and has been nationally recognized in higher education as both an American Council on Education Fellow and a New Leadership Academy Fellow. As an ACE Fellow, she was placed at Harvey Mudd College as a member of the President's Cabinet, visited over 30 campuses and completed a national benchmark study on experiential education. Currently, she serves as an International Director on the SME Board of Directors, on the Women in Engineering Proactive Network Board of Directors, on the ACE Fellows Board of Directors, and on the Advancement Committee for the Society for College and University Planning. Jackie, you've had quite a variety of different roles. Would you mind telling us a bit about how you made it from GM Truck Group to the CEO of 
ASAA and your motivation and decision-making processes along this journey? Thanks for asking. Well, I did start, as as you said, I started in the automotive industry um, because I attended General Motors Institute, which was a, a, a program that was actually owned at the time by General Motors. Mm-hmm. And so it was integrated in experiential learning um, and um, academic programming. And I really enjoyed it. I learned a lot. But it was one thing after I finished my bachelor's degree, I really wanted to know more, which then led me to go into graduate school to get my master's and my PhD, which are both in, um, with all three of my degrees are mechanical and aerospace engineering. Mm-hmm. And from that, uh, when I went to grad school, mm-hmm. I was put in front of a classroom for the first time. And all the bells and whistles were going off when I was teaching. I was teaching actually material science lab, and I just loved it. And uh, I was in my master's at the time, and that really was the reason that I pursued my doctorate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really fell in love with engineering education. Um so then I did join, uh, I became a professor and worked my way up the ranks in um, mechanical engineering department. And um, from that, I also worked in government. Um, I was appointed by the governor to lead commercial vehicle safety in Michigan. So I was learning about government, industry, and academia all at the same time. I also uh, spent 10 years on the um uh, K-12 school board uh, to really understand the uh, K-12 in addition to higher ed and industry and government. And actually, I was then recruited. So after I was a provost, um, I was recruited by ASWE because they were looking specifically for someone that had experience in all those sectors because ASW's um, membership also spans all those sectors and their stakeholders. Mm-hmm. And so they were at the point where they really want to make some transformation. And so they actually recruited me, reached out to me, asked me to apply. And um, that's how I joined ASW. So Jackie, the American Society for Engineering Education was founded in 1893. And it has over 12,000 individual members and 400 institutional members and 50 corporate members. So, Jackie, would you be able to tell us how ASEE has transformed and evolved through the years? You know, what are its key milestones? Sure. ASW's transformation really does parallel the transformation of engineering in the U.S., yeah. Um, and it was originally founded as a society for the promotion of engineering education in 1893. Mm. Um, and it was specifically because there was a lot of growth in American higher education at the time. And mm. there was a uh, Congress, uh, passed the Morrell land grant and it provided money for states to establish public institution of higher education. Mm. Um, and, and just as engineering did at the time, it really focused on practical skills. Right. Um, and so uh, ASWE was founded to really give voice to engineering. Um, and it really was focused on practical skills at that right. time. Yeah. And as, um, you know, at, as, as things evolved, uh, engineering also evolved. And mm. engineering education as a practice 
uh, itself also became important. Mm. And so it started to focus on the intricacies of how do we actually teach engineering education in the classroom. Um, and and so ASWE started doing research in this area, and some of the reports that ASWE has spearheaded include the Mann Report in 1907, the Wicked Study in the 1920s, and the mm. Grinta Report in 1955. And mm. currently, we're starting other reports because of the rapid acceleration of technology. As we'll talk about later, I think, is that Oftentimes in the U.S., uh, we're funded in a different way. Um, mm. And so there is some federal funding, but um, oftentimes students also need to have funding through industry or other ways. Mm. Um, and so some of our evolution has really changed because of specific changes to um, government funding for mm. engineering. Now, um, ASWE uh, was run and started in the 1950s as, or re evolved into a volunteer-run organization. Mm. And then in the 60s, we started to have headquarters staff in Washington, D.C., which, yeah. we, which we are currently located. We're located on N Street and DuPont Circle in Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. um, and through this time, we also, as then a not-for-profit organization, we developed different funding models ourselves. And so in the 1960s and 70s, we had a large uh, portfolio of government contracts mm. with the DOD, with NASA, with NSF. Mm. And, and these contracts provided a collaboration between uh, government and ASWE mm. for developing future talent, which is something we continue, but it's really evolved mm. uh, as um, a lot of these contracts have now gone to small businesses. And ASWE also has had a, re a focus now and reestablishing our member benefits right. so that we really are focused on member career development. Mm. And that includes uh, many types of uh, courses, uh, leadership institutes, uh, workshop, professional development, and community practice for members. And they span from members who are early in their careers, mid-careers, and also we have recognition programs and awards for um, seasoned professionals, such as the ASWE Fellow Award and the Hall of Fame for Lifetime Achievement. Um, we've launched mentoring programs then to build upon this span of professionals to be able to have early professionals being mentored by seasoned professionals. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a program that we have had about two years called archival publications in engineering to be engineers first, right? Yeah. To understand our own particular discipline, to understand research in our disciplinary fields. So in my case, I'm in manufacturing. And then when we want to do better and understand and do research in engineering education, that's a very different field. Yeah. So this program was developed exactly for that, to help engineering educators who are largely experts in their technical field really understand what goes into doing engineering education research. And mm. then what does it look like to write archival publications 
um, in the area of engineering education research. So that would be another example of some of the uh, current offerings or focus that we have. From what you've just said about ASSE, you know, ASSE is a vast network and, and the USA is is vast. Um, so could you maybe describe to us the engineering landscape in the USA, you know, the professional societies, communities, and, and how they relate to industry and academia? It's my pleasure. Uh, because really, ASWE is unique in comparison to our other engineering societies in the U.S. Uh, for example, we have uh, many societies, as we were just talking about, that are really focused on disciplines. So mm. mechanical engineering, electrical engineering, civil engineering. So very much the, the disciplinary societies. Uh, we also have a portfolio of engineering societies that are focused on supporting specific demographic group, such as ACES, which supports indigenous engineers, uh, NESPE, which supports blacks engineers, SHIP, which supports uh, Hispanic engineers, SWE, which support women engineers. And so there's a portfolio of affinity group engineering societies. Hmm. Now, ASWE, um, and largely they, both of those, are engineers practicing in the field of engineering. Only a small portion of those would be engineering educators in those disciplinaries or from those affinity groups. Now, ASWE sits in a very different place. Our members uh, are students, engineering educators in the K-12 area, in community colleges, higher education, um, graduate education, and industry. So uh, a vertical span of members all of which are focused on engineering education, but also horizontally, we span all of the disciplinary uh, engineering disciplines, as well as all of the affinity groups. So when you're talking about our conference, you can see that all of that complexity is coming together mm. with the focus on anyone who touches a future engineer. So these affinity groups, they, they come to ASAE for the education dimension. Well, they actually would be uh, members often of both. So I'm a member of SWE, Society of, member, uh, Society of Women Engineers. But because I'm an engineering educator, I'm also a member of ASEE. So they come to ASWE because we have everyone at the table who are stakeholders and focused and passionate about engineering education. And we're very specifically um, organized for what engineering educators are looking for. So we're looking for that community practice uh, to be able to talk to engineering educators across all of the various groups. But we also have very specific career goals, right? Mm. And so that's why, for example, <clears throat> if we want to publish in the area of engineering education, then we're very interested in our conference, the conferences, attending the conferences we have, so many different intersections of uh, engineering education so that engineering educators can publish in very specific areas in the conferences, mm. do presentations. But we also have journals, which then also are focused on engineering education. Um, and so actually, oftentimes in the US, you will find that uh, people are members of more than one engineering society, but mm. ASWE is definitely focused on helping and supporting 
our engineering education community, as well as engineering educators themselves to thrive in their careers. So Jackie, both me and Neil obviously um, alluded to having experience with ASWE. So it obviously has global reach. What sort of differences in engineering education have you observed in different parts of the world? I think that is quite a complex um, question, right? <laughs> and so, uh, but let me just say that I think there are very, some things that are very similar because we're all mm -hmm. in engineering and we might be uh, experiencing specific and very, very similar dynamics. Mm -hmm. But then, of course, it, 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 the U.S. has its own historical um, uh, context, and that would be a little bit different. So one of the things I think we are all experiencing across the globe is just the accelerating rate of change in technology. And engineering education, because we are developing future engineers, we must all become increasingly adaptable so that we can keep up with this ever-accelerating rate of change. Mm. Um, and so we're looking together at how do we, how, what are the competencies that will be needed in 20 to 30 years? What are the um, skills, the knowledge, even the mindset of oh, what our future engineers will need to have. Um, and how would their jobs be different than they are today, right? Because mm -hmm. that's very important. So that would be something that would be very similar. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that some of the things that might be different, uh, but might also be similar, is that with the ever-changing and ever-accelerating rate of change of technology, engineering education needs to be able to change so that we are able to provide the experiences that our students would need. But with that, at the same time, the U.S. experience an enrollment cliff because we have fewer births, and so we have a reduced enrollment and engineering is staying steady, but that really means that we're doing a lot more outreach to uh, historical um, groups that have historically not have access to joining um, the engineering professions, such as women, Black, Indigenous, and people of color. And so there's a lot of outreach in that area, but also because there's fewer students joining higher education in general, there's an increased focus on retention and graduation. So mm -hmm. that means actually not only changing for technology, but changing the actual culture, making sure all students feel they belong and that they can successfully navigate uh, higher education and complete their degrees and successfully transition to engineering roles. I think another very important difference is how students in the U.S. have to pay for their higher education. Uh, I think that globally, there might be a lot more, in some places, there's more um, collaboration with government mm -hmm. that is, instead of, as the U.S. has the accrediting bodies, the institutional and program accrediting bodies, which are third parties, it might be more aligned with uh, government goals, but also 
in some countries, education is free, while in the U.S. it is not the case. Mm -hmm. So we have a challenge in the U.S. on how students will pay for their engineering education. If they um, graduate, um, the government does have federal loans and grants, uh, but uh, they have limits, and so these loans have to be paid back. So there's there's a struggle right now in the U.S. How can students be successful in completing because of the educational experience themselves? That's mm. as well as when they graduate, will they have a lot of debt, which would then need to be paid back? Yeah, sure. So um, Jackie, obviously we sort of have. Uh come to understand that ASW is very big and includes lots of different types of, of members and communities. I was wondering if you could tell us a bit more about the structure of ASW. Sure. So ASW has a very unique structure too. You know, it's been designed by engineering educators. <laughs> so we have about 160 different divisions. So that's why it's so huge. Mm. And, and they do focus on either topical things uh, like student success or discipline like mechanical engineering mm -hmm. or affinity groups like uh, minorities in engineering. Mm -hmm. um, and so all of those divisions are self-governing and they have, uh, you can elect as an ASW member to become more, to become a member of more than one of those um, divisions. Mm -hmm. And you can also run for election and become the chair or the program chair or the treasurer of those divisions. In addition, we have regional and sections, which are the regions of, um, uh, which are geographical regions. So that, um, that builds into our conference sessions. Um, we also have something called councils and councils are for example, we have an engineering dean's council, which mm -hmm. are engineering degree, which is specifically a group of all the engineering deans, and they have programming and conferences. Uh, we have engineering research council, which is exactly that. Um, we have the engineering technology council, which is focused on engineering technology as opposed to engineering education at large. Mm -hmm. And we have commissions. One which is focused on uh, P12 and one which is focused on DEI. So all of that folds up into ASW's board of directors, uh, which also has its own um, normal uh, governance uh, committees. So that would be how we're structured. Now, within all of those things, we have conferences uh, that are uh, that come in under all of those things. So at our annual, we will have, um, at our annual conference, which happens once a year, usually at the end of June, mm -hmm. uh, all, every single one of those divisions will have uh, programming. Every single one of those councils will have programming. Every single one of those commissions will have programming. So there's, and then the, there'll be overarching plenaries and keynotes that are largely put together by the planning committee made up of the board and the current president. So um, that would be the structure. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's so many ways to get involved. There, it's, it's really uh, so many choices. Okay, so Jackie, one of the things that you've talked about um, quite a lot today is about these affinity groups and how ASE is helping them. 
Could we just uh, go into that in a bit more detail? What gains have you seen maybe lately in this area? Um, and what do you think remains an issue? Well, I think that um, if you're talking about the affinity groups such as um, groups, de- demographic groups that yeah. are historically underrepresented in engineering in the US, yeah, then I would say that we've had um, peaks and valleys, right? <laughs> uh, because we had a lot of, of um, great work in the area, but mm. recently there has been some pushback in some states mm. that limit what can be done for spe- any specific demographic group. But let me go on to what ASWE has been working on. So ASWE uh, has been involved with uh, DEI for some time. Mm. Uh, and uh, one of the things that the Engineers Deans Council did is they created something called the ASWE Deans Recognition Program. And that's where colleges of engineering can apply to be recognized at the bronze, silver, or gold level mm. um, uh, for being inclusive um, and welcoming for everyone. And so that is one area that um, ASWE is now five years old, um, and we're building upon that now. To um, it's largely focused on uh, four-year colleges, and we want to expand that to include community colleges. Um, and also, I'm looking at expanding it into experiential learning or you know, cooperative uh, uh, work, integrated learning. Uh, because that's learning that's done at an industry um, in an industry uh, context, like myself, I did four years, five years of co-op, right yeah. in Jet Motors, and it also we also want to make sure that that has a great environment for students. Um, another area that ASWE has been working on is capacity building, mm. um, and this is where. We either focus on capacity building for something like research, which we have a large uh, focus on, and we now have, in collaboration with the National Science Foundation, we now have three successful cohorts who have received um, SciScore funding to do research in the area of SciScore, which would be things like artificial intelligence, machine learning, Mm. things that we really need to have diverse um, experiences at the table uh, so that we don't have these technologies become too biased. So we have three cohorts. Um, so we're d- doing our first uh, PI meeting in this area. We're also working uh, at a national uh, engineering visioning alliance, which is engineering research visioning alliance, which also is looking ahead to the uh, research areas of the future. We have also an initiative looking at Indice 4.0. We've talked about the ever-accelerating technology. So we've had summits um, focused with um, government, uh, academics, and industry uh, to discuss um, and really talk through face-to-face the changes that we're going to see with Indice 4.0. We also have thought leadership, such as the dividing and building the industry workforce of the future, which is looking at the competencies and compute and the curriculum and how we would actually execute and operationalize that um, for um, engineers in the next 20 years, as well as the blueprint for engineering mindset, which is focused on the inclusive mindset and delivery in about the same time frame. 
Uh, we're also looking at changes in higher education itself. So the Engineering Deans Council also has something called EDGE, which was focused on, on uh, ensuring that their colleges are, are good places for women students. And we're in our second grant now. It's called, it, we call it Knowledge, Building on Out, which is really looking at the promotion and tenure process because the research tells us that the presence of professors of color are very um, aligned with student, uh, students of color success. Um, and so we're looking at uh, making change and creating a model for promotion and tenure processes to be inclusive. That our most recent president uh, um, had an initiative called Weaving In, Weaving In, not Weeding Out, because I think that it's very common in engineering that we had the mindset over the years that we would weed out and only keep the best students. Hmm. But um, we were keeping students also sometimes out, right? There were obstacles because the, it wasn't really, the educational system wasn't designed for them to be successful. So the weaving in is really looking at the best practices, identifying them, and then scaling and uh, disseminating them across the landscape of higher education. And another area that we're working in is the area of uh, graduating PhDs. Um, graduating PhDs, we want to help them be successful. And so we have several postdoctoral programs funded by the government. Um, one places students at campuses across the U.S. Uh, that's called the E-Fellows um, mm -hmm. postdoctoral fellowship. One places them at small businesses or innovation or entrepreneurial areas. That's called IPERF. And those are both funded by NSF. And we have one that places graduating PhDs at government labs for them to continue um, working in their disciplinary field. So. <clears throat> That would be an overview of the type of uh, programs that we're doing to make engineering a place for everybody to be successful. So there's a big focus on on these different pathways then. And um, you, you touched on there some of the new technologies, Industry 4.0 and AI. Mm -hmm. These are seen as real disruptors to engineering education. How do you see engineering education changing as a result of these technologies? Um, you know, what, what's been mentioned the most when, when we talk about these technologies in terms of changes to pedagogy? Well, um, the areas that we're really looking at are artificial intelligence, machine learning, advanced yeah. manufacturing, quantum, mm. uh, spectrum, and uh, and others like that. Um, and when we look at those, one of the things are that we're going to have very powerful tools. So these tools, as we can see, some of them just coming out, right? We're going to have very powerful technology tools, which will take away a lot of the basic day-to-day -day work for engineers. But engineers need to be able to work collaboratively with these very powerful technology tools and be able to, first of all, be ethical, because with great promise also comes great responsibility. <laughs> and we would not want those tools to be used in a way that could harm. Mm. Um, but also uh, having the creativity and mindset to be able to understand how to use these tools 
but also these tools are going to continue to change. So being able to rapidly have our future engineers be able to rapidly adapt to new technology, to new ways of doing things, to be looking ahead, um, I think those are the most important things. So would you be able to tell us um, about some of the different activities that members can get involved in and the benefits of, of being a member of ASWA? Sure. Well, let's just start with our conferences because we touched on the ASWA annual conference, uh, but there are many different conferences that uh, we have. Uh, for example, we have the public policy curriculum, which works with government outreach. We have the research leadership Institute, which really is for anyone who is interested in getting involved in research and, and being with others that are like-minded. Uh, we have the engineering technology, the ETLI, Leadership Institute, um, where uh, individuals who are interested in engineering technology get together. But we, so we have a plethora of conferences, uh, both that would be in person but also we have online conferences as well, which would be take away the um, the cost and time for joining them um, in person. Uh, we have several publications. I've mentioned about our conference publications and JEE, but we have also other journals such as Applications in Engineering Education, the Journal of Engineering Technology, and others. So we have uh, several different journals and many conferences, publications. We have something called um, ASWE's Institutional Research and Analytics, and we put out some very important research reports. Um, and these are really provided by the deans of engineering agreed to provide their data, and then that data is, is put together with our research team, which we put out something called um, Engineering Education by the Numbers, which really gives snapshots of of uh, every year, what is our current, for example, faculty salaries um, and and demographics, and so that is a very important part. ABET is something I think that many um, individuals are interested in getting involved in. That's our that's the U.S.'s accrediting body, but really it's international and global now, and so we have many international members that also. Um, get involved in ABET. If you're not familiar with ABET, ABET actually has um, is is put, made up of all the engineering societies. Mm -hmm. And the way someone would go from working on their campus on an accredited um, accreditation visit to actually being someone that would do a site visit, and that could be somebody from industry or somebody from academia, mm -hmm. um, and they go through a course. Uh, become a program evaluator, and you have to go through an engineering society, one of the engineering societies, to take this course and then be appointed as an engineering, a, a PEV, it's called a program evaluator. Mm -hmm. ASWE's area of focus is um, engineering core. And so those P PEVs that we have go out and review core engineering programs. Then from there, they become commissioners and they sit on the commission of ABET to look at the curricula that and the criteria. From there, they could become a delegate, uh, which really focuses on the process. And even the board of directors of ABET 
And that is something that um, you must go to an um, engineering society to go to. I've already mentioned the councils and division. We have also great professional development. Um, and you can go to learning.asa.org to learn more uh, about our professional development opportunities, our community of practice. Uh, we also have many initiatives in thought leadership where we have invitations to um, to be a part and give voice, be a part of the voice, and then be a part of this um, uh, very important topics. So those are just some of the things that we have at ASWE. Great. Thank you. Loads of um, benefits. What benefits would the sort of CEFI listeners get from being more involved in ASWE? And what do you think it has to offer Europe? Well, I think that um, we do have quite a few international members. Mm-hmm. And one of the things about getting involved is I just mentioned our great, really shared governance system. So if we have more um, international members get involved uh, in our divisions, then that also means that they're giving voice internally to their viewpoints. And that also gets everything onto, uh, you know, gets, makes changes and makes uh, additional focus areas that ASWE will automatically uh, engage in. Uh, we have great communication and reach. We have something uh, called First Bell, which goes out every day um, and it provides an overview of the engineering um, landscape, uh, which members uh, are able to have, and as well as Prism Magazine, which also provides a uh, a more in-depth focus on highlights in engineering education. So those are all great and wonderful things, but I really encourage that uh, we have um, members um, from your community get involved with us because we are very, you can see all the different structures. And, and the more um, more people at the table will really help ASW to globalize our focus. And we want to hear from everyone because engineering, as we talked about in the future, engineering is no longer just focused on uh, one little village, right? We are working collaboratively on a global level. And so uh, we welcome members from across the globe to get involved in ASWE. So Jackie, we talked a little bit about some of the future trends in um, engineering. Um, What's next for ASEE in terms of its future work and aims? Well, my top priorities for this year um, coming up um, include, I want to continue to build opportunities to help our members thrive through professional development, community practices, um, resources, publications, thought leadership. And I'm really open to hearing more about uh, what are potential gaps or areas of opportunity that ASW can grow into. And, you know, very uh, synergistically, um, our current strategic plan is ending um, in this year. So I'm launching a listening tour. I've actually already launched it. Um, to hear directly from our members and our stakeholders and our partners. And so we have both a, a survey that we've sent out 
um, as well as I'm going to be um, having face-to-face dialogue at many of our meetings and our conferences and even um, one-on-ones to hear from directly from people in order to understand what are the greatest strengths of ASWE, where are some areas of improvement, and where should we grow in the future? So that's mm. that's a really important part. And we're very focused on uh, expanding our membership. Mm. So um, we, we've focused probably over the last five years on building foundations for uh, supporting our members to thrive. And I, I mentioned where are our core members, but we would really love to uh, expand beyond our core members um, and build upon new communities of potential members who would love to join ASWE and become a part of um, the ASWE community. So Jackie, you've you've gone through so much um, and so many activities that ASWE are involved in. I'm just wondering which initiatives you're most proud of. Well, I really consider myself to be an educator and a builder. And so, you know, that in that Venn diagram, um, I'm most proud of helping to build the the ecosystem at ASWE to support that goal and the goals of our members. So I'm very proud of the team that we've built at ASWE um, as we've expanded our programming to really look at how we can support our members and stakeholders. Um, we've, we've, of course, built the team that um, are also very passionate um, and that includes the leadership team, that includes our directors, and and really creating a culture where people are very passionate, they love to go to work, and we're just doing great things. I am very proud of uh, really uh, launching all of the professional development. It, it didn't uh, really exist in the same way as it does now as far as courses. Of course, I'm a professor, so <laughs> and in a faculty development. Developers, so I I loved uh, being a part of that, building the programming um, at HQ, and 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 actually integrating that with our members because we use a model where we uh, recruit uh, members who have our, our subject matter experts to help us build the program, and also members to help teach the program, and we at ASWE provide that platform um, in order for us to have the you know national or international experts talk about or teach um in areas that our members would really love to learn about um and also I'm very pleased with not only that but also building upon as a not for profit as they say you don't want to take funds uh, or grants uh, or donations for things that you wouldn't do anyway because the goal of a not for profit is to move your mission forward and so I've really transitioned from in our funding models to be able to then align uh, our funding from our private and our government um, and our industry um, sponsors to align it under the umbrella of our mission and to those programming uh, 
through the programming and the workshops and then the thought leadership that really moves our mission forward. So that alignment, um, it, I'm very proud of that as well. I feel that, I guess that's part of being a mechanical engineer, <laughs> is that like in that system, I feel it's, it's like it's uh, functioning very well now um, and then it's aligned and all the gears are 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 meshing and everything is uh, is singing in the right way. So thanks for asking. So Jackie, thank you for joining us today. You know, we always finish the podcast with uh, asking you for a final piece of advice that you can give listeners who maybe want to get involved with the vast network, which is ASEE. Now they've learned more about it today. Well, I would I would say ASEE is is a welcoming place, <laughs> and there's so many things to get involved in that. Uh, I think it's important to dip your toe in the water. So mm. reach out, look at our website, reach out and look at what is the something that really interests you and and uh, contact us. Uh, you can contact us at conferences at ASW.org and they can help to um, navigate you to where you would like to go. And But I would really encourage you to come. I think I've really enjoyed... Uh, really having our discussion today is opened my mind um, in, in so many ways. It is, it's something I already love to think about. Uh, but and so this is a whole new um, area that I, I've enjoyed discussing. And I think that I hope that you would have the same experience that as you come to ASWE, that you also have this experience of of interacting with others that are passionate about things that you're passionate about, mm. and you through discussion that um, those uh, minds can be opened, right? And innovations can occur, and uh, uh, we make the world a better place. Thanks again, Jackie. My pleasure, Neil. Thank you, Natalie. Thanks for putting up with my co- my cold. I'm feeling a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Natalie, we selected this topic of growth as part of the Cefi 50th anniversary celebrations. And when we're thinking about growth, I thought it would, you know, it would be a good idea to go across the pond to uh, see what's happening in America. Uh-huh. So I think there's a comparison to be made, really. You know, ASEE with its membership 10 times greater or even more provides a vision of what Cefi could potentially come after several more generations of engineering educators pass through it. Since um, recording that episode, they've definitely begun to look more towards ASEE. How about you? Um, so in the introduction, I sort of mentioned how I'd been to an ASEE conference before and how it was quite overwhelming. Yeah. And certainly speaking to Jackie, like, helped me to understand the structure and break it down a bit more so that it seemed like it would be easier to navigate so I certainly think that's you know beneficial Mm. for anyone who's looking to sort of get involved with ASWE. I think one thing that I would say is maybe that in America there's maybe less differences between the states which allow for more coherency and maybe there's more diversity between European countries and maybe we don't mm. we don't see the coherency as, as much here. Yeah. Um and I certainly feel more confident to engage in ASWE now I understand a bit more about the structure and, and how to sort of navigate that.
So please remember you can um, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Also, if you want to look into ASWE in a bit more detail, you can find links um, to the website and their activities within the show notes. Also, if you've got an idea for a topic that you'd like to see covered within the podcast or you'd like to be a guest yourself, please do get in contact with us. Thanks for listening to European Engineering Educators. I'm Neil Cook. And I'm Natalie Wendt. Take care. Bye.